what's up guys thanks for joining us today paul is not here for the introduction so you're stuck with us instead yeah you're gonna have to deal with us and our uh <laughs> i don't want to say half-ass but he's just really good at the introduction it's like he goes home every night in the mirror and he practices it and, and then he tells himself in the mirror that you are a winner <laughs> we don't even will, know what to do will. without him here would, would they no. say that he's out on an island somewhere fishing? It's a good place to be. Well, we'll go ahead and make the introduction, Daniel. What's today's episode about? Talking about commercial safety. And I'm counting on you right now because I'm trying to do the post stuff. Oh, okay. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, like Daniel said today, we're going to be going over commercial safety. Uh, once again, I'm on the road. We got baseball today. Um, and a long drive, and I got to be there um, before the podcast is scheduled to be over. So I got to do it on the road today. It's not for work. It's for my son's baseball team. Um, so I guess uh, uh, the the topic today is kind of what what we do, we're, we're primarily commercial. This is what our focus is. And, you know, if there's any commercial guys out there that have any input uh, during the podcast, please 100% chime in. Um, you know, we're, we're here to learn just as much as we are here to share the information that we have. Um, all we have is our experience and what we've learned and what, what we've had the pleasure of uh, of going through during her commercial uh, um, career. So um, I guess safety, safety handbook, does everybody have a safety handbook? You guys feel like you don't need a safety handbook. Um, if you have one, did you write it yourself or did you hire um, an outside company to do it for you? Um, if you don't have one, why? Why do you think you don't need one? You know, those are some 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 questions to start out the conversations for today. Um, so I, I think what because we just had uh, our insurance agent in here the other day, right? And, and that's kind of what we were talking about about the things that they provide to you at no cost in order for you to set you up for success, right? And utilizing what they what they give you in order to lower your rates. So the the programs that they offer you actually can lower your workers' comp rate, can lower your, your stuff. It's just a matter of actually asking them what they offer and then utilizing them, right? So our, our employee handbook is something that can be handled through the insurance, but our safety handbook is something that we hired out to someone. He, um, you know, that's one thing too. When he came in this week uh, or last week and talked to us, I didn't, I didn't realize that uh, just by participating in some of the programs that they have and utilizing what um, additional programs on top of just uh, the insurance, uh, utilizing some of those programs would actually give us uh, better rates on, on some of what we have from them and through them. So that, that was a, um, that was really good, really good to hear. Um, sucks that insurance is just gonna go up every year, but I guess with the cost of inflation happening every year, it's uh, now is a good time as any to start looking into some of those programs that participate in to, to get some of those uh, deductions uh, applied to, to the account. All right, and then Rollin asked if we, if people keep their SDS, info on pdf or in a folder for each job and majority of what we do is all pdf so what i'll do is i'll actually send all the sds over to the gc the gc keeps it in a folder on the job site yeah i think um you know, there's a little bit like of that gray area too. Like uh, when when I was younger and we were on projects, I, I think uh, there were some projects where we were supposed to have all of that on hand, right? Um, as the flooring installer, uh, just in case. And and and, and 
I, I honestly don't recall the, the reasoning uh, besides that people were going to the source if there was a chemical spill or if there was uh, uh, allergic reaction to something that we would have the information. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense for the GC to have all of that uh, in their, their portfolio or their folder um, and maybe send out digital copies to every contractor on site on the large job. So that way people do have access to that in PDF format. Um, and there's a file, you know, the, the electronic world is amazing if you're willing uh, to use it. Um, and having all that information at your fingertips is a lot easier. Uh, you can reach every employee by just getting them a file or sharing a file with them and they can open it for every project. And then they have everything from flooring to, uh, from the, the floor to the ceiling. Right. And um, I, he said that he keeps everything in folders on his iPad. So they always have it and it's readily accessible. Right. And I think that's kind of, so what us, we use Microsoft teams and every job is broken down per project. So that's something that when we're bidding, we can actually probably start doing that is throwing all the SDS, not only giving them to the GC, but just throwing them in that file. That way, in case anyone is like, where's, where's these SDS at, you know, and you just say, oh, right here, right on Teams. It's in everyone's pocket at all times. Yeah, that's a good idea. And actually, um, the only drawback to that would be is if we're working in a place where uh, service is horrible. Um, that would be the only drawback. But I think that there's a way to have access to that when you're offline, as long as you download it while you're... What other, what other safety um, program? Well, you know what? Let's, let's talk about like the, the uh, OSHA. Like we have my OSHA over here, right? And they have uh, different uh, levels of training that, that I think uh, apply to a lot of the larger commercial jobs. And... Um, because of last week, we just found out why they have uh, customized training on some of these projects. Um, because they are able to lower their costs on their insurance. And that is a, uh, that was kind of an eye opener. I used to get mad. Why do we got to sit through, you know, one hour of, uh, of this, or why do we have to take this? Watch the, watch the same safety video over and uh, over. Uh, yeah, from 1978. Uh, on some projects, but um, no, I get it. I understand. Um, I, and you're always upset when you have to sit through all those safety courses or what do they call it, uh, Daniel? They call it um, when you're sitting down in every or whatever. I'm drawing a blank right now. But um, until you're on a project where someone actually does get hurt and you need to, to know where the emergency exit is, you need to know what to do if someone has a fall, what to do if someone has a cut, who to report to, how to report. Um, those things are all, they all feel like a waste of time until that happens. Right. I mean, we that's what we were talking about because the insurance agent was here and everything is just insurance in case something happens, right? You don't need it until it happens, but then if it's not there, then you're screwed. Yeah. Just think about first aid kits. I buy first aid kits uh, regularly to keep in the vans because, I mean, technically you're not supposed to refill first aid kits without getting it recertified, right? So you can't just throw whatever you want in there because if they get it inspected, they're going to be like, well, this is not even supposed to be in here. So why is it in here? And it's what? a lot of stuff like this that we didn't know before that we had to learn. And some of it was, you know, OSHA showing up to job sites and inspecting what we had. <laughs> uh, we've talked about GCs before walking around the job sites, cutting extension cords because they had, you know, a little nick in them. Yeah, and you people that, that might be listening to, that are from OSHA, just to let you know, some of these vacuums do come without a ground wire on the factory cord. Stop cutting all of them because it doesn't have a third prong on there. Come on, man. You got to see that that's from a factory. Not, no one's just going to go and add a two prong uh, cord to to a vacuum like that. Um, but sorry, that's just me ranting. I just remember that brand new vacuums, like we just bought them, and they came through, and uh, we were off the job site for a weekend and a day, I believe, and uh, came through, and all of our cords were 
or cut uh, off our brand new bag. It was like, it didn't even make any sense. Like, <clears throat> Rollins says that he carries two first aid kits, one for, for use and one to keep sealed just in case. Oh, there you go. Uh, I do not use a uh, for show, for show, <laughs> for show uh, first aid kit. That's a pretty good idea. I think uh, we started thinking about making those uh, out of like a Milwaukee box or something like that. But well, once... Milwaukee makes their own pack out first aid kits now. Oh, do they sell refillables that are sealed and certified? See? Probably not. So might as well just keep on buying the ones that we're buying. Yeah, might as well. Um, what else do we got for, for safety, Daniel? Um, it's, it's it's really broad because we've already touched on a handful of things and we didn't really dive deep into anything, right? So you can even go back to the safety handbook and making sure you have one, paying someone to do it like we did, or look at the FCICA. They, If you're a member of the FCICA, they actually provide you with a safety handbook that is uh, flooring specific. Right, and, and I believe that you are able to edit that and customize it uh, to fit the size of your company. Um, I, I, I know that, that, and this is all going off of a conversation that was had at one point in, at one of the, the conferences. So um, I believe that that is possible and you can deduct or remove some of the uh, the literature that's in there that, that doesn't apply to you. Um, you know, someone with 10 employees versus 100 employees is going to have a, a need for um, a more extensive safety handbook, I guess I would say. Um, there's a lot more moving parts. You probably have a lot more things to worry about. You know, uh, there's what on-site safety. And then if you have a brick and mortar, uh, you're going to have a, you know, sounds dumb, but uh, office safety, then you have your warehouse safety. Um, and then there's a, a lot, lot of things that, that apply to that. A lot of that can go back to getting a hold of your insurance and letting them know, hey, come do a walkthrough. Let me know what I have to change. It's better to do that and be covered than it is to have something happen and then them come walk through, like, why didn't you have these systems set in place? Yeah, yeah, and, and well, not only that. If you if you have if you don't have something set in place, and then you know, say say you are working on a lift, or you are doing a, a, off of a baker, and you're doing a, a vertical install, you know, over the six foot threshold, and somebody does fall, right, and, and, and something does happen, you don't have that in place. You could, but first off, that family could be in a very bad position. You know, if it's a father of three, uh, it doesn't matter. Very bad position. And what are you going to tell the family? Hey, sorry, we didn't feel that we needed to have safety programs in place uh, to protect us to protect your family. You can't, you can't put yourself in that position. That's just, that's not ideal by by any standards. Uh, two is is that you know, people become complacent. People get. Uh, comfortable not practicing safety. Like it becomes second nature. You're just, ah, have I done it? Yeah, I probably still do it. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, more so more so probably at, at my house or anything like that than anything else, but. Or back when I started, or back when I started when you guys used to throw carpet knives at each other. Hey, you know what? It teaches you how to have better hands. It makes you watch it, right? It makes you watch the rotation. Um, yeah, don't don't listen to him, guys. We never did that. We never did that. Um, those are just some of those things, too. Like, uh, depending on who you're working with and how everybody uh, likes to play around, uh, goofing off can really get you in a really bad situation if uh, if you're not using your brain. Um, I did, I did, uh, I think we did stop goofing off though after a little while. I remember when Daniel did start working and uh, I tried to, he was kneeling down and I tried to throw a, a carpet blade on his back. Just, this sounds really bad, you guys. 
tried to throw a cover blade on his back and uh, I had glue on my fingers. And then when I went to flick it, it went flying and it caught uh, the guy we work with, Ray, right across his nose. Um, yeah, and, uh, dull cover blades are still sharp in the middle, just so you know. Was not a was not one of my best moments. I'll just put it that way. Um, another time we had a, a gentleman unloading his carpet blades and not putting them in a safe place as used ones and left on a railing at a, um, and a, I want to say it was like an assisted living place. Um, it was something like that for, for, for young kids. And uh it didn't turn out very well. Next day we walk in and we found out that one of the kids actually grabbed it like a piece of gum, put it in his mouth and tried to chew on it. Luckily, nothing happened. But those are those are all learning moments very early in in in, in my career. Uh, and after that happens, I mean that's pretty extreme on some cases. But after stuff like that happens, you start to to realize change your gotta, yeah, yeah, you got to start changing. Yeah. Yeah, you have to you have to change. You can't can't pretend that the world around you doesn't exist, and uh, and just no one's ever going to get hurt. Can't ever pretend that. Um, hey, there's a the guy that bought my house. Um, and then we we also were talking about um, like GCs going around cutting cords and stuff when there's nicks in them and. It's just something that you have to watch out for because, I mean, even we deal with it on uh, a semi-regular basis when there's times when I'll go out on a job site and, you know, check out how things are going and there's cords hanging out of, you know, the end of the vacuum, you know, because we already replaced an end, but it's not on there, right? And it's like, little things like that where it's going to take 10 minutes to do it but they'd rather not do it and get done what they need to get done and then it just becomes an afterthought in the back of their mind and then nothing ever comes of it until the next time they have to use it and then they're like oh yeah we need to fix this cord i'll just do it after this and it just becomes a vicious cycle right yeah take 10 minutes fix the cord like it doesn't take that long, you know. And and for for us and in our industry and, and how artsy that we have to be at, at some point, and the hand skills that we all have, um, maintaining your 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 job site, even in the commercial industry, learn a little bit about the tools you work with, learn a little bit about minor repairs, to, uh, so that way you can avoid a fine, um, avoid someone cutting your cords, and, and avoid injury. Um, exposed wire on your cords is not not very safe. I mean, I've never had it happen like in the cartoons where you drop a cord, he's got a bare wire, and and someone's standing in a puddle of water, and everybody gets electrocuted. I've never ever seen that. Um, I think that some of that is just a little bit crazy. Uh, but I think a majority of the time, what we witness is uh, the ends of the cords melting because things aren't you know the way that they're supposed to be. And just the the current from the yeah, electric melting them, and that's where you know GFCIs yep, really. come in. Oh yeah, yeah, especially on commercial projects, man. Uh, GFCI ground fault circuit interrupter. Uh, those things, uh, those things are pretty much required for, for you to be plugged into uh, on almost every commercial project that, that we're on lately. Um, I don't know how enforced it's been, but I do know that it protects, it protects your equipment, it protects the, uh, uh, the circuit, it protects the building, you know, and it's just one of those things. I think we can go on and on about electrical all day because that I, is what we deal with with equipment on commercial projects. I think half um, it is kind of knowing what your equipment is pulling and knowing, you know, basically commercially, they're always running, what, 50, 50, 20 amps, 20 amps, 20 amps yep. in commercial. 20 amps circuit, yep. 
and then in residential, it used to be 10 and 15. And I think that now um, it's 20 and because DIYers like myself are running too much load on a circuit. On a, uh, on a single circuit, yeah. yeah. But that, that's so, what you, the things that you have to take into consideration, right? Because our vacuums pull the entire 20 amps by themselves. That means that if basically if there's anything else plugged into that circuit, when you start the vacuum, it's going to pop. Right. And, it, and it, it pops and you draw too much power. The line overheats is what, what seems to cause it. But if you have something that is uh, voltage isn't regulated like it should be, and it is, it does have a little bit more uh, amperage on that, that circuit, it will allow you to run it a little bit more, but that's also not very safe. Um, Read your read your uh, your equipment, your devices. Um, know when you have to ask for dedicated um, power. Um, if you're running phase power or just uh, uh, one ten. Know what you what you need and what you have. Right, because even even our vacuums are drawn. I think twelve amp or not our vacuums, but our fans are drawn twelve amps. So if you plug two fans and turn them both on high, it's the same thing. That's why. Uh, I went and found some that you can run in the daisy chain that only draw, I think, 2.4 amps each. So you're you're able to plug four of them in at a right up together. But the oh, I didn't even know that about those about those yeah. didn't even realize that. Okay. That that's what the GFCI is is key for, especially on commercial projects. You're probably not gonna run into a commercial project where it's not in the documents that you're gonna have to run these things. So it's better just to have them on your on your vehicle. That way, when you when you're ready to work, it's ready to go. Got it. Um, what about a uh, um, personal protection equipment PPE? So commercially, um, commercially, you got to look at what OSHA requires, right, and then go from there. But um. Pretty much every construction company that we deal with is all 100% PPE. So we're work boots, steel toes, pants, shirts that are high vis with at least four inch sleeve, uh, hard hats, safety glasses, and ear protection. Hearing protection, yeah. And I think um, hearing protection is something that is overlooked all the time that's very important because I am hard of hearing now a little bit and it's uh it probably could have been prevented doing all that yeah. grinding and stuff back in the day without any hearing protection and the thing is is it it doesn't cost a lot you can get an entire box for 20 bucks that'll last you a long time Can't unmute yourself now. I I started getting a phone call. And oh. It wouldn't it wouldn't pull back up. So, um, the the hearing protection is overlooked, and so is uh, so is uh, the safety glasses. Uh, you get a, a metal sliver in your eye, and that can put you in a bad spot. It'll rust in there, uh, and then you everybody has a tendency to rub their eyes. You can make it worse. But I'm going to go back to the hearing protection part too, and and the the decibels that you push out and like the in the the, the high pitch frequencies from grinding uh, the concrete and maybe some steel reinforcement that that's in there um, that really does a number to you. Um, the vibration that you're getting along with the sound that when you're grinding, you don't realize it until you turn it off and then you have that humming. Mm, yeah, that's uh, that's not a good sign, you guys. Um, I do know that uh, the noise canceling uh, headphones or earbuds now are uh, a no go on our jobs. So if we're on a commercial project now, we're not even supposed to be wearing headphones. It's supposed to be strictly ear protection. Um, and, and that's another safety thing, too, is if someone says move or get out of the way or watch out, you Run. have to be able to hear it. <laughs> Run. Run. You have to be able to hear it. Um, and, and 
there's, there's been a few injuries in the state uh, over the past few years that have led to that. Uh, so, I mean, one of those things, you don't have to like it. One thing I'm happy about now is that uh, we don't have to wear the masks anymore, right? Because when uh, that was happening, like wearing a mask and the safety glasses at the same time, they would just fog up right away. And I had uh, plenty of back and forth with some of the, the companies we do work for because it's like you can have one or the other, but you're not getting both. Yeah. Oh, I would say this. Spend it. Spend a couple extra dollars on a good hard hat, you guys. Um, I know everybody, you know, those are things too, like the safety. If something falls uh, and lands on your head, first you want to be safe. Two is we're bent over all day installing. Uh, well, when I say we, I, I don't mean myself anymore, my bad. But when you're, when you're bent over all day installing, that thing is super annoying. Uh, you know, commercial projects sometimes don't have. Uh, uh, the temperature regulated, so you sweat a little bit much, and it wants to fall off. Uh, so you know, safety, good, good safety glasses, uh, fog resistant, a good hard hat, and maybe uh, something to absorb the sweat um, will help you keep it on all day. Right. Uh, we just upgraded to the Milwaukee hard hats, right? And they have uh, the system on there to where you can actually have a light, or they actually have like ear protection that you could just flip right up. That way, everything is on there when you need it. People must really want to talk to me. I'm just gonna. That's uh, that's a call for from the business line right now. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. About to block them. Um, but that's a little bit of PPE. Uh, he, um, oh, and you said safety, or you said work boots with steel toe. So, you guys, it doesn't have to be steel toe. Safety toe, right? They have different versions of it. They have composite. Now. They do, yeah. Um, so, and I believe that it's just got to be. Um, I don't know what the rating is offhand. It's just it just has to be able to withstand uh, x amount of pounds per square inch, crushing resistant. Uh, to to uh, there's a minimum amount that is a requirement that that, that should be worn. Right, and if you are wearing the safety toe, steel toes, uh, invest in something that's going to protect the leather, like tough toe or gorilla toe, because all it, take, all it takes is like a couple of days, and then you're wearing through that leather. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I would like to hear somebody's thoughts on cut-resistant gloves. So uh, because... when I went through the Nora certification, they make you if you if you're over the line and this is like right by, you know, the modules, you step over that line, you're required to have cut resistant gloves on. You don't even have to have a knife in your hand. Hmm. I don't know about you guys, but doing resilient and trying to, you know, cut in some just say you're 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 hand cutting some patterns and scribing and all that, and you need your Precision. fingertips. Like you you rely on your fingertips, right? Like it's very hard with those gloves. If I told you that I kept them on when I was doing that kind of work. I would one hundred percent be lying. Um, I would keep them by my person, and that's it. That, that's where that's where I would be at. Rollins says. Uh, how can you tell when OSHA shows up to a job site? Everybody goes on break. <laughs> he said the building empties out in less than two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody goes on break. Break time! <laughs> and that's it, too. Um, we've been there. Yeah, um, we've been on break. Matter of fact, uh, one of my last experiences with them, uh, that's what we did. We, we had a pretty laid back GC. Um, as long as we kept our hard hat and our glasses uh, on our person and on when we were walking around, they were pretty chill, but uh, didn't really reinforce uh, shoes or boots or safety toe or safety shoes, whatever you want to call them. But then once those just showed up, it's like, oh, and they just showed up because they saw 
uh, something outside uh, a sky track there or scissor lift that was extended all the way up. Um, I don't think anybody was on it, but he seen that and said, you know what, this is a site I want to check out. And he just popped in. And I didn't know what to do. So I just looked around and I seen uh, nobody has their work boots on. Um, hopefully our equipment was good. And that was it. Break time, guys. Go get your boots on. Go get your safety glasses. Um, but we passed, so we were good. And I was actually honest with him about it. I told him what we did. <laughs> and he just started laughing. He was like, well, thank you for being honest. He was like, everybody does it. We, we, we know. We know what people are doing. We're not, we're not idiots. Right. And just like, uh, as far as the equipment, the cords, making sure everything is going to stay safe, it's uh, actually checking these things when you're using them. And like I said, you get on the job site, it's different because you're in a rush. I need to get this done. I need to do this. Just keep on going. And then it's, it becomes an afterthought. So we've actually, uh, every so often, we'll bring equipment in here in the shop and just check everything over. This is broke. This is broke. This is broke. This isn't going back on the van. But it's, it's something that you have to keep up with in order to make sure that things are going to stay safe. And you can't always rely on it happening on the job site. So, I mean, we, we've done it for years. Take everything off the vans, check over everything, put it back together. Yeah. It's, it's normal maintenance. And, you know, and when you work for yourself and it's your, and, and you're buying the tools and you're using them every day, it's a lot easier to, to keep an eye on them. But everyone out there who is an employee or works for someone who provides tools, um please man just treat them like your tools right and be aware that if there is a potential safety hazard or something is breaking on a tool say something right uh, bring it to, to, to someone's attention so that way it can either get fixed or replaced uh i just hate for someone to get hurt or or a crew to get in trouble on a project when it could have been prevented um just treat everything as if it was your own, and then that's really all you need to to do in order to to prevent uh, injury. Um, right. You're not going to want to do something that's breaking, um, and, and use a grinder that's not going, that's not balanced anymore, and you're using a cutting wheel and it shatters and it catches you in the face, and you're not wearing safety glasses. Like you don't want that to happen to you, so prevent it from happening to, to someone you work with. And uh, as far as the cut-resistant gloves that you were talking about, I did buy a bunch of them. And any new people that we have coming to work here, I have been making them take cut-resistant gloves with them because a majority of the time, what are what are they doing? Scraping, you know, doing demo, stuff like that, cleaning up, especially if it's like um, if we're, you know, ripping out some some ceramic or something yet porcelain you got the sharp edges so i that that is one of the requirements that that i have is any new people have to wear the cut resistant gloves that's a good call um does uh does anybody out there have anything any systems in place for safety as far as uh, the, uh people who drive your vehicles like I know some some of you guys are pretty big and, and you guys have uh, vehicles that go out for deliveries every day for for your your drivers. Do you guys have any safety programs for them? And what is I just wonder what that looks like to be honest. Never really put a, a bunch of thought into something like that, but we do trust uh, the crews with uh, very expensive uh, tools, and that's exactly what they are. Right. Um, and that's that's why I was talking about the other day is possibly getting some dash cams to put in there. Yeah, I did, I did say that. Oh yeah, and that's another thing too is the, the, the insurance guy did mention that about the the module uh, that plugs in module yeah that plugs in so that way you can track how your your guys are driving or basically so they can track how how the guys are driving. 
But my son, my son had to get, get us uh, some food before his ball game. That's why I was sitting there for a minute. But that's something that uh, can also lower your rates. He was telling us. But I don't know how much is uh how much is too much. Is there a thing as too much when you're talking about it? Because if you look at some of these big companies, I mean, everything is tracked, right? And that if you're even though we're a small company and other people are small companies, it's a uh, kind of just mirroring what the big companies are doing because they're big because they're doing something right. That's a what we were stuttering, but how much is too much, right? Like so, if you think about it like this, and this is this is me just thinking out loud as I always do. Um, if you're a company out there and you're carrying the bare minimum, so that way you could cover your ass. Um, I get it. I understand, right? You're worried about you, but if you're carrying the bare minimum to cover your ass, what about your employees? What about their family? What if something happens? Um, to, to to them and they can no longer provide or they're going to be covered. What about the, if you have, a, we're talking about drivers, what if, what if what if one of your employees is driving and goes out and gets in an accident and you have the bare minimum coverage and they cause damage to property, they cause damage to, to someone else and their family is in a bad spot. I think that that's, uh, if you can afford it, get it. Right. If you can't, if you can't afford the, the best coverage, find a way to find a way to, to get in a position to where you can, so that way you can make sure that every, everybody is is safe if something does happen. Um, have the right systems in place. Have an employee handbook. Uh, you know, toolbox talk. You know, I think we mentioned that in one of the previous podcasts about it, and I said that we've been slacking, and, and we have. That's also very important. Um, and I think uh, in order to get some discounts, um, some you can actually have a daily or weekly or monthly toolbox talk and go over safety and make sure that equipment is um, in good operation. Yeah, it's so something that becomes a little, uh, seems like it could become redundant, but you have to also realize that you filter employees in and out, right? And they they might not have been there for the last one. And even though everyone else has already gone through that toolbox talk, this person might not have, and that could potentially teach him something that could prevent him from hurting himself that day. Yep. yep. I've, I've had the toolbox talk and then it's nice to get a refresher every now and then. It, it, should, it should be mandatory, especially for us. So, yeah, I guess Slack is on that. Um, what's another, you know what I just thought about is uh, lifting. Um, and, and that's something that I don't think a lot of people really teach proper lifting, right? There's that, that video that was pretty, a couple of years old that says, always lift with your back. Always <laughs> um, and for, for us as flooring installers, this, it goes beyond just learning how to lift something heavy from a large roll of carpet to a sheet vinyl to, to even you know just a box of BCT because we tend to forget about proper technique until we get hurt. Um, and then you're just like, oh, shouldn't have did that. Yeah, oh, oh, dang, why, why did that just happen? I don't understand. I was lifting it, right? No, but, you know, I, I remember having the, hurting my back and having to start back for a while because when, like, you're installing BCT and say you put three boxes on a, a cart, right, but now you're loading it up, you have, you, you grab material while you're on your knees and you're rotating and you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing with it, overreaching, overextending, um, with X amount of pounds in your hand, then it, it gets to your body uh, um, over time. It 100% does. Um, so new hires, new people, be conscious of what you're doing. Understand that the long term is more important than 
how strong you look to your coworkers. How many bags of uh, how many bags of self leveler you can carry on one shoulder up three flights of steps, or you know, until you throw up. I don't know. Like I was young, I, I did it. It's always a competition. Now um, I'm a little bit older and wish that uh, I was a lot smarter back then. And then the other thing about um, safety that we really haven't touched on, it's fairly new. When I say new, it's what, like, since 2016 is the silica standard. When all mm -hmm. that rolled out to, to require, you know, the use of HEPAs and basically everything that you use now. And it's not just... Uh, It's not just to protect you; it's to protect everyone on that job site. You're you're frozen right now. You might want to turn your video off. I'll turn video off so that way. Can you hear me? Okay, though. Can you hear me? Okay, though. Yeah, the video is still frozen on here, but I can hear you now. Okay, I turned that off. So, um, oh, and he's gone. So, Elena commented on Facebook. Elena commented on Facebook says, uh, part of it is work smarter, not harder. And back to the safety talks, it's important that the message is taking care of your body for your family and future and not just not just us telling you what to do, right? Because it's that's what we went over in one of the previous episodes was your number one tool is your body. So what can you do to take care of your body? And that's when we got into, you know, like um, our our ride-on machines can only work for so long until you have to turn them off, plug them in, and let them recharge. It's the same thing. You know, what your body tells you when it's ready to, to get that recharge and you have to start listening to it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the things that uh, you definitely don't start listening to that until you get a little bit older. I remember being young and thinking that, and these older guys just don't like to do anything. They just try to, you know, hey, where's the material car? Hey, where's, uh, where's right? Hey, where's cut this real quick. Car? Where's the flat car? Cut this real quick. I gotta go grab safety glasses out of the van. And it's like, man, here, just give it to me. I'll do it real quick. Yeah, and now man, so I'm that time. old guy. I'm that old guy that's like, oh, you, I need to cut this. Let me go grab some safety glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it takes a while to understand what they're doing but anyone who starts who's like that at a young age and understands the what safety really means for the long term of your career you guys are are steps ahead for sure steps ahead of some of us dumb people who didn't care or didn't really think about it um and being safe is one of those things where it's frowned upon and people make fun of you at work and maybe uh Maybe you should, one, just be a leader and, and just say, this is why I'm doing it, right? And maybe some of the guys that, you, that work there, um, you can use them as an example as to why. Look at the guy, how crooked Jose is when he's walking. And that's because he did years of this without being safe. Well, yeah, um, and it, go, it goes back to, you know, when I was just brought up the silica standard and how – a lot of guys are like, I've been doing this for years. It's too late for me. And it's like, it's never really too late. It's just knowing that, hey, this is not good for you. That means it's not good for anyone else else that's around you. It's not just thinking about yourself at that point. It's who else is around you. You know, who are you employing and going from there? Because, I mean... Don't get me wrong. It was hard taking that hit, buying all that equipment. But at the same time, not only are we healthier now for it, but everything is already there for the employees to use. 
Yeah, and, and you know what? And the silica thing, like I'm too old for that now. It's too late for me. No, it's not. Well, and if you're going home to a family, just remember that you're going to carry that home in, in, in your clothing too. Like it's not just on the job site and, and you're free and clear. And the same thing with the specs. It's not just at the location. You're going to carry it with you. Um, a lot smaller, in a lot smaller amounts, but it's still exposure nonetheless. Well, like I always say, many small time make big time, right? It only takes a little <laughs> bit of, you know, many, many small exposures in order for you to get sick off of something. And I mean, you look at asbestos and how people react towards that. And it's basically, it's different, but it's the same. You have to treat it just as you would asbestos. And you're you're not going to go just start tearing up some asbestos. So why would you just go, you know, start grinding and stuff and not caring about about the dust that you're creating yes, yes. we still create dust on some projects it's just crazy to me it's a thing about the way that we used to clean large rooms compared to right? how it is now sweet yeah yeah man just was not smart and cloud out, dust out an entire room and then worked in there for the next three days and the room was, you know, it's a warehouse. Just say it's a warehouse, 100 by 100. You just ground the floor, swept it with brooms, nose, sweeping compound, threw all that dust up in the air and the next uh, next couple of days, all that dust that you that, that you put up in the air is falling down on you. You're sitting there breathing. Right. And you, you think about all that um that years later well, wondering yeah. why yeah it, it that's why i sound to, like this guys it boils down to like elena just said again you know most of it's not super expensive you can pay with it pay for it within a job or two and she tells her students that you know you don't think about just the, the particles of dust from sweeping but she's wearing a face mask just for sweeping and it's like you know some of that stuff is and it could be a matter of buying a $20 bag of sweeping compound, making sure that it's not oil-based, right? Because we don't want oil. Of but course. Of course. But just, you know, the little things that you can do for the safety of everyone around you. But, um, I mean, we're, like we're at around... We're at around 48 minutes right now. I think we're we're going to wrap it up pretty quick here. So just uh, go ahead with your final thoughts, and then we'll we'll end this one for today and see if uh, Paul's done fishing for next week. <laughs> um, final thoughts, uh, you know, just, just be conscious of your decisions, right? Your decisions at, at, at work and your decisions to turn a blind eye to some equipment or some tooling that could use some repairs or isn't working properly, um, could affect more than just you um, long-term. Um, if you're on a large crew or even a small crew, um, worry about everyone else the way you would worry about yourself. Worry about their family at home the way you worry about your family at home. That would definitely bring perspective. Um, if you're an employer and you don't have and you're, you're trying to, to skate by with the bare minimum of coverages and, and you're not having your employees um, ever forbid something happen, something happen to them and you don't have coverage to protect your family. Think about that. Think about those you and your family. How You're cutting out again. You can just you keep on cutting out. So I'm just gonna go ahead and start talking now. Uh, I agree with you on it's not all about you. Right? It's about everyone that is around you. Um, we do a lot of hospital work, so a lot of what we do has to comply with infection control, which makes things. Uh, you want I want to say it makes things harder, but really it makes things easier in order to be compliant with everything else because that's one of the main things with the silica was, oh, we're in hospitals, so we're gonna 
like day one is we have to be compliant. And when you talk to infection control, there's numbers out there that, you know, there's so many people per year that die just based on dust getting in the HVAC system and messing, you know, with whatever they got going on. And it's, if you're not thinking about just things like that and you can't even say it's a little thing because you're talking about someone else's life, it's, if you can't just think about, oh, let me buy an air scrubber because I'm going into a school and there's kids in the classroom next door. You know, many, I'm, and I, I say it all the time, many small time make big time. It takes little steps on everything to make something, you know, big and impactful. And, you know, just start making those small steps to not only uh, prevent things, but making sure that people around you are covered. It's it's not just all about you. So safety is is everyone. Start thinking about, uh, maybe you don't care about yourself. Just start thinking about everyone else that's going to be around you and you'll end up being safer too. Safety is a team effort, everyone. Well, all right. Well, we'll end it there. And uh, thanks everyone for joining. Elena, Jorge, Rollin for uh, joining us and commenting. And uh, we'll see you next week. Make sure uh, you guys are are liking the stuff. You know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Go Careers YouTube. Uh, you can find us on the podcast when uh, I actually remember to update them, which I have to, I think I have two of them to put on there right now. I'll get to it at some point. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.